We don't want to avoid the numbers or the money. It's important that we do have those goals for ourselves and that we are feeling abundant and excited about the possibilities of like, you know, the money flowing and what could happen. But at the same time, there can't be an attachment to that. I'm sure you'd agree with me, like true abundance is feeling abundant and happy regardless. Are you ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment? If you are, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. Today, I have a gorgeous guest joining me, Rachel Spencer, who is such a light and a badass at what she does. She specializes in effective launch strategy from a really abundant and enlightened place. And I've honestly don't think I've really ever seen anyone launch quite as effectively and in alignment as she does. And I absolutely had to have her on the podcast to talk all about it and for her to share, you know, where she began and how she grew into the big brand and business that she now has. She generates over 650K a year and it's amazing to hear her story of how she grew that. So a little bit about Rachel. She is a business coach and launch strategist. She lives in New York City. She is just about to get married. Her wedding is right around the corner. She specifically helps female entrepreneurs break the rules of outdated sales practices, so here for that, in order to scale to multiple six figures their way. So let's just dive straight into this conversation because there is so much juiciness, so many reframes, and so much value to be had in this conversation. So let's do this. It is an honor to have the fabulous Rachel Spencer on the Girl Unfiltered podcast today. And before we dive into all the hot topics from mindset, launch strategy, and sales, we have to just honor that she just had her bachelorette weekend (laughs) this weekend. So how was that and how are you feeling? (laughs) Oh my gosh. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I feel so, so honored to be able to come and like pour into all of your people, but we both showed up for the interview today and we were like, wait a second, we are tired, but we're going to go with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, just got back from my bachelorette party in Arizona and it was such a blast, but something that I think is important to note is that events like that are just such a lesson in receiving because I feel like as coaches, as entrepreneurs, we spend so much time making sure that other people are happy, other people are successful, and we don't take enough time to like really work on the, you know, being on that receiving end. You know, I, I'm the type of person that's like, oh, uh, I just want you to be happy. What do you want to do? And so this weekend, all my friends were like, no, it's what you want to do. This weekend's about you. So mm-hmm. it was a huge, huge lesson for me to like, really sit back and let myself be taken care of and let myself Mm -hmm. be loved on. So that's, that's the first Mm -hmm. lesson that I come with today from my own experience is like letting, allowing yourself to not always give, 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 allowing yourself to be on that receiving end sometimes. 
I can fully, fully relate to that. So it's a powerful reminder for me as well. Like I want everything to be perfect for everyone else. And sometimes it's good to just step back and go, what do I need right now? And what do I feel like I'm ready to receive? So I love that. Mm, Exactly. And you obviously, you have your wedding coming up, you said in March. So I know this is separate to business, but it's not because it's like, well, why do we run our businesses the way that we do? Why are we motivated the way that we are? And so I'd love you to speak into what you're sharing with me about how, you know, you've made this decision to really focus on that present moment. And how does that feel as a shift as a person who, you know, is the face and full, you know, CEO of the brand that you have? How does it feel to shift into, I'm actually going to really focus on the fact that this is my, my wedding month coming up? Yeah, well, I think it's a really empowering decision that I got to make for myself because you know, my business has scaled. We we hit around 650K cash this past year. The year before was half a million. So I've definitely scaled my business to a place where I'm able to do that. But it was so much more than that. Because at the end of the day, it's not about how much money you have made. I think this industry can be toxic at times with making us feel like we always have to go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle for that next goal. And if we don't, and if we stay at the same income for a long period of time, it's less seen as sustainable and more so seen as, oh, you're stuck or, you know, oh, you're not growing. So we're always trying to like beat our last month. We're always trying to top ourselves, you know? And so I feel like it's an empowering mindset to be able to say, wait a second, I'm getting married. I want to take a step back and enjoy this time in my life. But it kind of goes along with, um, you know, for me, I, I'm a business coach and launch strategist. I have a course that is currently being trademarked called Launch Queens that is all about my specific method for launching. And I think the way that most people view launching and business in general is that you're kind of living launch to launch like people live paycheck to paycheck. Mm. And that sucks, right? People think that's really the only way they can make money is to work hard and to be in this constant launch roller coaster. And so the way that I have set my business up is that launching is a system. It's not just for launching this current offer and then you run out of money, right? The way that I do launching is what I did in, you know, November, December, January is going to create, you know, recurring revenue and stacked income for 3 to 6 months down the line, yeah. right? And so I feel empowered to not only make the decision for my mindset to step back, but to know that you know I've set my business up in this way to where I don't have to launch to make money and that money is going to continue coming in even during this crazy season of my life. So definitely proud of that. I love that. And you are definitely the person that I look up to the most when it comes to the way that you launch and the energy that you launch with and the systems that you use. And I really want to dive into all of that. Yes. But I also want to take a moment to kind of go back a few years, back more to the beginning, because I think a lot of people could go follow you as soon as they've listened to this podcast and go see your energy and what you've created and hear 650K. And they think, oh my God, like it's always been this way for her. And I know, because I know from my own journey, it's not like that. And it's the Girl Unfiltered podcast. And we love talking about what you know it took for you to get there and the unfiltered moments behind the scenes. So what was it like in the beginning compared to this incredible system and way of launching that you have now in your business? 
Definitely. I, you know, that is the question. It's always like, oh, well, you have so many followers or like, you've always been good at this. And it's just not something that I'm skilled in. And it's like, absolutely not launching sales. Like these are all skills. And that means that they take time to master, right? It's a whole process, just like anything else, just like basketball, singing, like all of that, like you need to practice and build up that skill. And so, you know, um, I'm the same as anybody else. Like my first few launches were a disaster, right? Had no idea what I was doing, just kind of like putting up a link and talking about it once. And, you know, I think there's a normal cycle that people go through that don't really know how to launch where they announce an offer, nobody responds, they might announce it one more time. Um, but it's still not making headway. So they feel like shit about themselves. They blame launching. They say they never want to launch again. It's too stressful, right? And so people are just like, oh, launching's not for me. I just want to go evergreen. I just want passive income. And it's not true. The truth of the matter is like everybody's first launch feels a little bit wonky because the launch process in general, you know, really works with the human psyche, like buyer Um, and sales psychology with understanding your audience and understanding different learner types and, you know, different buyer types and the way to speak to them and how to show up differently on each platform. It really is a whole process. So in the beginning, yeah, I had such an issue with it, but not only that, it was my own mindset. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I was in that cycle. I was in that cycle of like, oh, nobody, you know, wants my offer because I talked about it once and nobody bought. So clearly I'm doing this wrong, you know, like was not sticking it through. And, you know, I was working with a mentor at the time who like wasn't that experienced with launching, but she was like, okay, we have to like make this a process. So we kind of worked together in creating what today has become the Launch Queen's method. And again, it came from like sales and like buyer psychology and all of that. Um, But I actually have a journal from um, Manifestation Babe called She's Killing It. And it's so crazy to look back in that journal from my first launch using what is now, you know, my own Launch Queen's method. And you can see in the journal, I talk about, um, you know, oh, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to buy... Christmas gifts for my family this year. Like I'm really manifesting a successful Mm. launch. And then the next day it had been five days into my launch with zero sales. Like remember that five days into my launch with zero sales, but I kept going. I was like, Nope, Mm. I'm manifesting this. Like, I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm not going to give up. I know I can do this. And then you flip a couple pages and I'm like, Oh my God, like five people signed up today in one day. This is crazy. And I'm so happy and yada, yada. And then you flip a couple more pages and you see me say, oh my God, I'm crying right now. I just hit my first 10K month. Oh, yeah. I literally look back at this journal. It was from 2017. And I'm like, oh my God, what a journey. So I love sharing that with people because they see me as the launch queen and they think, that it's just always been that way. So when I share that, they realize, wow, it really was a process and trusting yourself, trusting the method and really like using the strategy till the very, very end. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of my my experience with that is really sticking it through and like actually having a real strategy. I love what you mentioned as well about 
inspires psychology because I actually think that's an aspect that maybe we're not thinking about enough when it comes to our launches. It's got me even thinking because mm-hmm. I'm about to go into launch mode myself. So what have you found are the different kind of aspects of bias psychology that have supported your, you in your awareness when it comes to launching and selling? Oh my gosh. Well, first things first. Um, I think this idea of warming up your audience before the launch is probably the most important part of the entire thing. And you're amazing at that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yes. It's my absolute favorite part of the launch. It, you know, creates suspense. It captivates your audience. It entices engagement before the launch. So I always liken launching to sex and dating because I say, you know, whenever you go on a first date with someone, you spend hours and hours getting ready and you're so excited and then you get there. And if they're so disgustingly forward and immediately like, hey, your place or mine, which <sighs> has happened to me multiple times, you're just like, okay, buy a girl a drink first. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? So it's kind of the same with launching and sales whenever you sell too quickly without warming up your audience, right? And in, in sales, that's called product shock. When you announce an offer without properly warming up your audience and they're really not ready for it, it doesn't mean they're not going to buy, but it lengthens that entire sales process. Now you have to spend twice as long selling your product or your your program because you didn't adequately warm them up. So I think that that's a huge piece of buyer psychology to think about. It's like, let's pretend like you are dating or courting your audience and Mm -hmm. you really need to get them to realize that they even have the problem that you solve, right? Because a lot of people wear rose-colored glasses. They're like, no, I just need blank, another sales strategy Mm -hmm. or another, you know, a Facebook group or whatever. They don't even realize, oh, like it could be your own mindset or it could be, Mm -hmm. you know, XYZ, it could be money mindset. And so it's really getting them to see, you know, this is the problem. Here's why I'm the authority, right? So here's my experience. Here's my expertise. And then guess what? I'm providing you a solution in my upcoming offer. That way, by the time you announce your offer, there's no question. They knew it was coming, right? And Mm -hmm. all of those amazing clients are drooling over your offer. So I would say that is the biggest part of like buyer psychology in this whole process that has really, really stuck with me. But also, it just helps with your mindset to realize that people buy and connect with you in different ways. So the way I view it is like in the beginning you've warmed up the majority of your audience and they're like drooling over your offer, right? But some people are still scared, right? And so what the reason why the launch is longer than just this like pre-sale, like warm up period is because you are actively taking them through a journey of trusting you, getting to know your product more, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So after those unicorns sign up immediately in the beginning, the rest of the launch is taking them through that journey from, oh my gosh, I really want it, but I'm scared. And then like, no, I might not buy, but I'm going to keep watching. And then, oh my gosh, wait, it's last minute. There's no other chance, but now to sign up, I want to puke, but okay, I'm going to purchase, right? (laughs) So it's really getting into the mind and the psyche of our audience. And so when you're in the middle of your launch and you feel like no one's buying, it kind of helps to realize Mm-mm, right now I'm speaking to the person who's really who really wants to buy but is you know living in fear and is just mm-hmm. like shyly watching behind the scenes right so it just it really gets you thinking 
And when you're in that launch phase, do you know, based on where you are in the launch, exactly which kind of person you're talking to? Like, are you strategic in that way? Like, okay, I'm on day five of announcing car open. I know I'm talking to the person who's scared. Like, is that something you're very conscious of throughout that process? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's not one of those things where, you know, I have some clients that are like, oh my gosh, I posted, you know, this type of post today instead of this type of post. Did I just ruin the whole launch? Like, <laughs> no, no, obviously it's not that serious where you're like, you know, the, the strategy has you in chains every single day. It's not like that, but, but yes, like with your content, I always say, never talk about your offer in the same way because you're talking to all those different types of buyers different types of learners, people who are, you know, wanting to make a logical buying decision, people who are wanting to make an emotional buying decision. So even if it's not necessarily like day to day, I know exactly what I'm doing. Mm. I am being super conscious of making sure, you know, I feel good going through the launch if I have spoken to each of those types mm-hmm. of buyers and, and, and learners. And I've seen the way that you, and I mean this in the best possible way, like you churn out content that is very high vibe and direct. And I mean that in the best possible way because it like captures the person who's reading it. And I think some people would look at that and be like, I don't know how I can manage doing all of that. Like, how have you found a way, because I'm sure that you have, to provide the content, but in a way that is simple for you. It's not overwhelming for you the way that you're constantly creating it in those launch phases. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's two things. One it's exactly like you said, for you, like what works for you, a huge part of my business. And like the way that I teach online sales and marketing is finding a business model and a way of selling that feels good for you because there are so many different pathways. Right. And so I think that for me, Instagram stories are my favorite, favorite place to sell. Is it the only place to sell? Absolutely not. If you aren't an Instagram stories person, can you still have just as successful of a launch? Absolutely. But you have to figure out where your warmest audience is and where you feel the most comfortable. So there are some days where I feel like I can just spout off amazing educational value in my stories. I don't know why it feels different. It just does. And I'll be, I'll admit sometimes I'm hard on myself and I'm like, man, but I haven't posted on my feed in, Mm -hmm. you know, three or four days. Like, but why does my stories you know, feel so much easier. But instead of fighting that, I'm like, well, if I'm actively selling in my stories and it's working, let's just keep going with it. Right. So again, yes, it's important to like, make sure that you're selling in all these different ways. But if it's going to keep you from showing up, if you're going to be super hard on yourself, because you can't think of a reel or you can't think of a, you know, carousel post, and you would rather just post on your stories, just do that, right? At least you're showing up and, and, you know, sharing such amazing value and passionately speaking about your offer. The other thing that I was going to say is repurposing. So Mm. this is one of my biggest secrets if you are relaunching something, because this latest launch of my signature course that we've been talking about, Launch Queens, you know, it's January. I just got over COVID the end of December and, Mm. you know, COVID brain is real. I was like, do I even know how to do business? Like I just, it's like (laughs) you forget everything. And I just was so upset. I could not get back into my flow. And, Mm. you know, I'm planning a wedding at the exact same time. 
So I was like, I really want to launch Launch Queens because first of all, I can talk about launching in my sleep. I don't have to think too hard, right? I can mm-hmm. sell it like the back of my hand. It's my signature course. But also, I've launched it so many times. There's so many opportunities to repurpose content when my energy is low. So for example, I was, I was able to go back into my story archives and find a story from the time I launched it nine months ago and just screenshot that story and then turn that into a written post wow. or vice versa. I was able to go back to an old written post and then turn that into a mini stories training. So it's not posting the exact same thing, but it's posting something from the past in a new way so that it feels new to your audience. And I love creating new content. So it wasn't like that the whole time. But on days where my energy is just feeling low, or like you were asking, whenever you're like feeling overwhelmed, like, ah, how do I come up with new content? That was my biggest thing. Instead of like stressing over creating more, I just repurposed. Yeah, I love that. And and I love that that's a powerful reminder, even for myself, because as I said, I'm going into my bootcamp phase right now. And then I'm launching my signature program. And uh, like two things to say about that, like there's a lot going on in my life. And so the fact that I can just go back to what worked really, really well last year and like Mm -hmm. know that I have that foundation is making this launch not even feel like a launch. It's just like, a flow of energy, a directional flow of energy in my business, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. And also it's a powerful reminder for the people who are in the first phases of launching something in their business. Like, you know, I say this to the women in my mastermind, like you're going through this for the first time, but you're going to build on this every single time from here on out so that you just have these foundations and it gets easier and easier every time you're just tweaking. And that's why I think that's when people kind of give up or think it's not working for them is no, 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 you're just in the groundwork phase because three years from now, when you're on your third or fourth time from launching this, you're going to be in a completely different space and you already have all the material. (laughs) Oh my God. I I think that that's such a huge lesson and a huge reminder because that's so true because, you know, the first few times that you're launching, like we, we focus so hard on the outcome. We're like, oh, it wasn't a successful launch. Unless I, you know, hit my launch goal. And I always love to use this example of a launch that I had back in 2019, where it was what I mm-hmm. would consider at the time a, a quote unquote flopped launch. I did not hit anywhere near my launch goal. The launch felt very hard. And, you know, my business was already established by this point. Mm-hmm. So I was really hard on myself. Like, what is happening with this launch? But one thing that launching does for you, as you were just saying, like it builds off of one another, right? And so during that launch, regardless of whether or not that specific offer was right for my entire audience, I was still showing up super powerfully. I was creating great content. I was giving great value. I was starting amazing conversations. I was building authority. I was bringing new leads into my world to where even if they didn't purchase that offer, they were going to now be in my world for the offer after that. So immediately after that launch was over, I had multiple people reaching out saying like, what other offers do you have? How can I work with you one-on-one? So I was able to create more additional income from that. But also three of the women who did join that quote-unquote flopped launch um, ended up signing into my mastermind twice that next wow. year. So that that flopped launch created an additional $90,000 of revenue. Wow. So I always love to use that example because 
my clients are like, oh, I only got two people into my program. Like it was a total fail. So I use that example and I'm like, well, what if those two people then create an additional, you know, 50K or whatever of revenue? And so I think that that's that's a, a big lesson and inspiration for all. Absolutely. I love that example. And also the power of just showing up with the energy is creating moves that you won't even know, or like you won't even understand Mm -hmm. until maybe weeks or months afterwards. Excuse me while I interrupt this amazing conversation for just a moment, because I have a major announcement to make. Oh, this is my favorite time of year and it is happening earlier than it usually does because I felt so called to support you guys on a deeper level at the beginning of 2022 for so many reasons. Doors to Money Mindset Magic, which is my signature deep dive 12-week money mindset program are officially open and it would be an honor, absolute honor to support you in uncovering your subconscious limiting money beliefs, blocks, and programming throughout these 12 weeks so that you can step into the most abundant state that you deserve to be living and breathing from so that you can attract the prosperity and the wealth and the income goals that I know that you've set your heart on for achieving in 2022. This program is where the real work happens. I called it Money Mindset Magic for a reason because it does feel magic when you are inside of this vortex. I believe it is unlike any other Money Mindset program in that we will really support you in getting to the very root of why you operate around money the way that you do, why you have very specific beliefs around money. Because when we get to the root of it, We bring such radical awareness to it that you can't help but shift it. And I will be sharing tools with you to support you in healing it and in reframing it so that you can start showing up for money and your business and your income goals in a radically new way. So that by the end of the 12 weeks, you just feel a sense of safety and security and inner trust when it comes to receiving and spending money. All of the details, plus all of the incredible bonuses are available in the show notes below. If for some reason you can't access that, please just head over to at girl underscore unfiltered and send me a DM. Especially if you have any questions about the program, we would be more than happy to support you. I'm just so, so excited to see who the women are that will be joining me on this incredible journey over those 12 weeks. And I hope that if this is speaking to you, that you follow that little nudge. You talked about flow and I'm just really curious because you are showing up and you, it from the outside perspective, it feels like you are consistently launching, like you're consistently going through that experience. And for some people that might be like, oh my God, that's a lot of energy. Obviously <laughs> I know it's in alignment with you, So I'm really curious how you sustain your flow. And, you know, on the days where you're like, I don't feel like showing up or I don't know if I want to do this this month. What do you do for yourself and for your alignment to stay in flow? Yeah. Well, first of all, yes, I am launching frequently as far as 
am I selling frequently? I'm selling mm-hmm. frequently, but we kind of have to redefine what we consider launching. Mm-hmm. Because what I just did in January, I would consider a full-blown launch with like, okay, fully warming up my audience. Like I have a sales page and then doing a pre-sale, then doing a masterclass and then selling for two weeks. Like that is a launch that takes a lot of stamina. And mm-hmm. I probably do launches like that, like full-blown four week, you know, incredible launches, maybe four times a year. You know what I mean? Like it's not that often because the way that I have set up my offers and my business model in general is like we were just talking about, they kind of build off of one another and there's a very clear pathway into my other offers. So I launched this one offer just for an example. I launched this one offer in January. Everybody's currently going through that. They're enjoying it. There's about 50 five, 56 people. I'm looking over to my left because I have my little sticky notes on my wall. Yeah, um, I love that. There's like 50, 56 people who signed up for this offer and then they're going through it. They're going to you know, potentially see results. That's the idea, right? And then the next time I launch, whether it be in February, whether it be in March or whenever, is going to potentially be an offer that they can then upgrade into. It's like, okay, I've learned this whatever the subject matter is. For me, it was my launch course. So I've learned launching. And then maybe this next offer is about sales. Or maybe this next offer is um, a mini mind where they can get better access to me. And so that's something where launches then become easier because I don't need to do a full-blown launch. I just have to announce it a couple of times and people are in my inbox wanting to sign up behind the scenes. And so... I think when people are like, oh my God, you have so many offers, you must be launching all the time. That's really the secret is setting up your business and your business model in a way to where there are a lot of offers that you do not even have to launch. There's just ways to upsell people in your audience. So that's one thing I will say as far as like the stamina. But another thing is your own mindset. And I know people are like, bleh, mindset. Like, do we, you know, like, I have so many clients that are like, oh, like, I don't want to do the mindset work. I don't want to talk about it. I just want mm-hmm. more strategy. Like, how do, how do I keep the stamina up or mm. whatever? And so the biggest thing for me is you absolutely have to understand what we just were talking about with the way that launching works and how it's working for you. Because that is such a game changer. Yeah. Because if, if I have a launch where I feel like it didn't go very well. In my mind, instead of you know feeling like shit and talking bad to myself afterward, I am able to confidently say, I was really proud of how I showed up though. And I had this many people sign up for my free masterclass, which means even if they didn't buy, they are like excited to be in my world, excited to learn from me. I had this many people actually sign up for the offer. So they're potentially going to keep working with me, right? So understanding the way that launches flow into one another and making sure that you can still be proud regardless of the financial outcome is what keeps me loving launching. Mm. I don't just love launching because I'm good at it, right? I always say Mm. the biggest secret to having like confidence behind launching and sales is having it when things feel like they're going wrong because it's easy to you know if you're if you're you know making you know 100k months every single month it's easy to say oh yes i love launching 
but it's a lot harder when it feels like things are not going well. So if you can hold that confidence, find something to be proud of and make sure that you're doing the mindset work surrounding it, then you don't burn out and you are excited to launch again whenever that is. Yeah. And we love talking about the mindset side of things over here on this podcast. So I have so much to ask around that. Before I go into maybe some of the past mindset work that you've done, are you very conscious when you go into a launch or you go into a sale? Like, do you set intentions? Do you work on your mindset in a specific way? Or do you just feel like you're always tapped Mm -hmm. into that now? Oh no, not always <laughs> tapped into it. Absolutely not. It is it is something that I will be working on forever. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like what we talked about with like sales and launching being a skill. I think that you know your mindset is something that you are consistently working on and consistently developing. And I'm sure yeah. that you would agree with that. Like the mindset work never ever stops. One hundred percent. But I would say for me, before I go into launches. I set a lot of non-number goals. And that's what really helps me because if I can say, okay, I will be really proud of myself when this launch ends, if I blank, if I started new conversations, if I did something that scared me, maybe I did more live videos than normal or something like that. If I create more content this time instead of staying in my box or, you know, whatever it is, I love to set those goals and like kind of weekly personal challenges for myself to where I'm like, okay, even if nobody signs up this week, I will be proud and I will celebrate if I start five new conversations in the DMs or if I can get through this week without saying one word of negative self-talk to myself or whatever it is for you. That has helped me tremendously because it Mm. does happen. Like, you know, as as amazing as I am at launching, not to toot my own horn, but as amazing as I really do feel that I am at launching, there are still times when it feels like you're in the mid-launch slump and sales are slowing down. And during that time period, instead of grasping for more strategy and saying, what am I doing wrong? What could I do better? That's the time period where I'm like, it's time to work on your mindset. Like, What can you be super, super proud of this week? And for me, like I said, it's making sure that like I'm still showing up confidently yeah. and, po- and powerfully, even when you know the sales aren't rolling in. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that you set non-number goals because even as a money mindset coach, yes, I love aligning with numbers and aligning with the money, but it's actually can, it can put you in a box and it can be quite restrictive. And actually, I find that by mm. you setting non-number goals, I bet there's actually more of an abundant energy surrounding it because you're not placing an energetic expectation on the financial goal. And that's really big. And that's a mindset thing that I see a lot of people do in my work is that they place an expectation on needing something from the launch and needing something financially from the launch. And then when they don't hit it, or if they do hit it, they don't actually receive the thing that was the expectation placed on it. And it creates this vicious cycle. So that's just something to be really conscious of mindset wise. That's the thing, right? Is that we don't want to avoid the numbers or the money. Like, you know, I I think it's important that we do have those goals for ourselves and that we are feeling abundant and excited about the possibilities of like, you know, the money flowing and what could happen. But at the same time, it's like you said, there can't be an attachment to that and seeing 
the launch or whatever you're selling as, you know, only being a success if you hit that number, because I'm sure you'd agree with me, like true abundance is, you know, feeling abundant and happy regardless. Yeah, 100%. And so I'm sure that you've had to work on your money mindset to get to this incredible abundant business that you have that's thriving right now. I'm really curious, like, are you aware of some of the money mindset beliefs that you had maybe back in 2017 or previous to that compared to maybe how you feel around the energy of money now? You know, I think that something that I really had to work on was not holding on to money because I grew up in a household where we did not have very much at all. I remember so many dinners where we were eating, you know, food out of a can like that, you know, cornbread and beans or, you know, just anything that we had in the pantry. And, you know, my family, anytime we did have money, like we wouldn't go on vacations, we wouldn't, you know, buy extravagant things because we were so afraid of losing it. My dad was also in sales. And I remember he had like 10 different sales jobs in eight years. So it was a fear. It was a fear of, I don't know if I'm going to get fired. I don't know when the next paycheck is going to come in. So we saved like crazy, right? Just in case. And so I think I grew up with that mindset, not even consciously, because we all know it's usually subconsciously, right? But once I started making money in my business, I was just like piling it in my bank account and afraid to invest it, you know, or afraid to hire support from my team or anything because, you know, again, unconsciously, I just, I loved seeing that number in my account. And it was just so important to me. And through working with a financial coach and a money mindset coach, that's when I realized where it came from and that I always had this fear of it being taken away from me. And so doing a lot of like subconscious work on that and like, again, realizing where it came from, I think has really helped, but also realizing that like, the money is always flowing. Like I will always have more than I know what to do with. And I know that that's like a concept that's a little bit higher level. And like not a lot of people feel that when the money isn't coming in. But at this point in my business, realizing that where I'm at now, six, almost seven years into my business, just because I have one bad month or just because I have to pay this huge amount in taxes and the money's going to leave my account, like my business is not going to crumble to the ground. Like there's always something else I can sell. There's always that other client around the corner. Like the, the abundance is always, always flowing. So I don't know if that answers the question. Obviously, there's so much work for all of us to do um, and continue to do in that area. But that is one thing that I realized was just like being afraid to, you know, or wanting to hold on to money, being afraid of letting it go was like the number one thing that I struggled with. Yeah. And it makes total sense because that's the programming that you came from. And I love the way that you describe the flow now, because that's totally like how I feel. It's like, I just trust. I just feel like the energy of money is always supporting me. So that's what I'm totally here for and here to support other women and feeling as well. And just, I'm sorry, I have a really bad throat today. So sorry to all our podcast listeners who are like hearing me croaking. Not croaking. You're fine. (laughs) (laughs) We love the raspy voice. Yes. I need to go get a throat suit in a second. 
your dad was in sales, which is actually super interesting because technically you have to sell in your business. I'm just really interested. What did you believe selling meant compared to maybe the work that you've done on yourself now and your understanding around sales? Oh, definitely. I mean, so I definitely get it from him, like the the determination, the tenacity. He, like I said, he had 10 different sales jobs in eight months. He couldn't keep a job, but it wasn't because he wasn't good at sales, to be clear. It was because that world is so competitive. And at the time, they were always like letting people go. But to me, I believed that sales were always up and down. And mm-hmm. I believed that sales were risky, right? But I had a job um, when I was 16 at a tanning salon, which is so crazy because I'm so pale now. Um, (laughs) But I had a job at a tanning salon where um, I worked off of commission. I had to sell tanning packages. I had to sell like tanning lotions and products. And I was so good at it. I was corporate employee of the month, like three months in a row for the entire state of Oklahoma. And they had like all these different locations. So That's when I realized, well, wait a second, but I'm really good at it. Like, did I get that from my dad or what? But it still Mm -hmm. felt very risky. And I think even getting into coaching in general when I first did, because I started as a self-love coach Mm -hmm. and I only got into business coaching once that business took off. But we all know that doesn't happen overnight. So when I first got into self-love coaching, And I realized that it wasn't as easy as just throwing a link up and people would sign up, right? I was like, wait a second, I have to like use my skills here. Like I actually have Mm. to sell, like selling is 80% of what I do. Like that was a mind blowing moment for me. Like, wait a second, I'm not just a coach. Like I'm a salesperson, I'm a business owner. And so for the first couple of years, I, I was scared. I was, Mm. I saw it as being risky. Like I always grew up like sales is risky. Like it could crumble at any time. You could lose your job at any time. But the one thing that I thought was cool that I got to hold on to was I'm not going to lose my job because I'm the boss. Yeah, I was like, that's cool that, you know, my dad was always afraid of losing his job. My dad was always jumping around, but like I was the business owner. I was the boss. And so I think that really empowered me and gave me such stamina and a high work ethic because I was like, well, I can't just go to my job and and you know not feel it today and just fake it at my computer until you know the timestamp hits five o'clock. Yeah. I am responsible for my own success. The power is in my hands. So I think that really, really excited me about the business world and kind of made me feel more secure, if that makes sense, that all the mm-hmm. power was in my hands. Yeah. But yes, I would say that definitely played a role in feeling like sales were just so up and down. And that's why it's so important in the work that I do with my clients to ensure that we're focusing on long-term wealth and creating the sustainability from month to month so that they don't feel like it's going to crumble at any moment, so that they don't feel like they're living launch to launch or paycheck to paycheck, so that they have recurring revenue coming in for three to Mm -hmm. six months down the line. And even for me, that's one of the most important things for me now is I don't care if this launch was a huge high cash launch. If I have created, you know, recurring revenue coming in every single month for the next six months to yeah. where I don't even have to work if I don't want to, 
that is wealth to me. Like that is sustainability. And so I think I really grasp onto that type of business model because of the way that I grew up. I love that reframe because I think a lot of people feel that fear as well when they're starting their own business or just, or they can carry that through in their businesses as well is they feel it's not consistent or they feel it's not sustainable. And I think that that's just a really powerful reminder. And I also think, to be honest, that COVID was also a reminder for all of us that actually the way I look at it is that like the most, the safest thing I can be is be my own boss. I can't fire me. And the fact mm-hmm. that I know that the money comes from within me, it's within my power. Like that for me feels like the least risky thing because you can be let go of any job at any given moment. I mean, I know friends that that's happened to, whereas I get to show up and I get to decide and I get to call the shots. And I think it's important for us to breathe in that sense of safety and affirm that truth within ourselves as business owners, that Mm. we do have that power within ourselves. And that is a safe and reliable thing to have. I completely agree. I think that it's a really big lesson on trusting ourselves at that point though, too, because even though it's amazing that the power is in our hands and not in somebody else's and we're, we're not going to get fired from our job, then comes the self-trust of and that responsibility of creating that income for ourselves. And if you're like me, that lights a fire under my ass. Like I am like, yes, I am responsible for my own results. So fuels my fire. I'm excited to show up and see what I can do and how much money I can make. But I think there are some people that that's a lot of pressure. That is so much pressure to realize it really is my responsibility to make a living. I'm not just getting a paycheck every two weeks for showing up to work and doing nothing, right? It's like, we actually have to do the work. And so I think that that's something that excites me as well as a coach is to like find that passion and light that or reignite that fire in my clients to where they are excited to do this and to like do the work and that they are trusting themselves. It really is a huge part of this. Absolutely. That's a really good reminder. Before we round things off, I would love to know, I'm just curious, is there one thing that you would love to shout from the rooftops that more women knew, especially women in business about themselves or life in general? Mm. Ooh, that's a good question. Do you ask that to everyone? <laughs> no, I don't ask that to everyone, but I feel really cool to ask it for to you. <laughs> Is there something that I want to shout from the rooftops? I think that one thing that we haven't talked about is kind of why I became a coach. The reason that I became a coach was because I was struggling through an eating disorder in high school and college. And once I began to recover, so I was an actress in college and I had an eating disorder. And so moving to New York City to be an actress and recovering from my eating disorder, it was just a toxic, toxic world. And um, so I actually hired a life coach to help me figure out what I wanted to do with my life because I was like, I don't think I can be an actress anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that realm is just too toxic. Like what the hell do I want to do? And through Mm. working with him, I realized that I wanted to be a coach myself, specifically for women with body image issues and self-love issues like I had. So that's how I first got into self-love coaching and 
long story short, as we talked about, I had so much sales experience. That's how I eventually got into sales and business. But regardless, I want to shout from the rooftops that you are just so much more capable than you can even imagine, no matter your circumstances. Because at the time, like for so many years of my life in high school and college, my entire worth was my body. Mm-hmm. I did not see anything outside of that. Even in acting, I was very good at acting, but again, you're typecasted or yeah. you're not skinny enough. You don't have the right hair yeah. color. And so it was always about how I looked. And so growing my business was almost like a powerful way to show that frail, insecure girl how strong she could be and how powerful she actually was. And that there was something outside of her body that mattered. You know what I mean? And so I think there's so many people out there who are living in that bubble right now. What, No matter what it is, it's it's not just an eating disorder. Maybe it's like long-term abuse, or maybe it's that you don't think it's possible for you because you're a single mom or, you know, whatever it is, we have all these circumstances that stand in our way. And that was the most powerful thing that I did was I showed I really did the work and I showed myself what I was capable of and who I was capable of becoming. And it even chokes me up to look back at who I was all those years ago. And like, I wish I could write a letter to that girl Mm -hmm. and like show her what she would become. So my biggest goal is to just shatter everything that, you know, my audience thought was possible for them. So that's what I want to leave with your audience today is like, Mm -hmm. no matter your current circumstances, like, you are a hundred thousand quadrillion percent capable, but you need to trust yourself and you need to do the work. Oh, I, like you couldn't have answered that question any better. There is no right or wrong, but that was such a powerful way of answering it. And honestly, I didn't even know, and I wish that I'd asked you that from the very beginning, that that was your story <laughs> because it's so much of my story because I had an eating disorder growing up. And I was an actress and I came out to LA and I healed myself of that. Hence why I became a coach. So it's a very, very, very in alignment. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. So thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for sharing just your big nuggets of wisdom and value on the podcast today. Before we say goodbye, I would love for you to share what's, you know, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? What would you like to send them towards or direct them towards? Absolutely. So the best way to connect with me is on Instagram. I'm at my coach, Rachel. I believe it'll be in the show notes, but yes, just come say, Hey, um, let me know that you found me via, you know, this amazing podcast. I've had such a good time on here, but come find me, come say hi. Um, also if you are interested in learning more about launching, um, specifically my launch Queens method, I will put that course in the show notes. It is evergreen, meaning you can buy it at any time. So I'll go ahead and give that to you. Amazing. Thank you so much. And I hope that you go get some rest and recover from your crazy, amazing weekend. Yes. And we're sending you so much like love and abundance as you step into wedding month as well. I hope you have just the most beautiful experience. Oh, thank you so, so much. And thank you for having me today. This was, this was a really good and a really deep one. Thank you for touching on some things that a lot of people don't normally talk about. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to have you. 
If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered. And go ahead and screenshot this episode, send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. (laughs) So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day. Thank you.